Hello, and welcome to the Interabank Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Theodore, and welcome to the first Interabank Podcast of the 2021-22 school year. We've got a very exciting guest here today, but first, let's go over what's in the news right now. Firstly, let's talk vaccines because things are changing constantly on this issue. Now, prior to last week, Fanshawe wasn't making any moves to mandate vaccines for everyone on campus, but that started to change. Although an official vaccination plan hasn't been announced yet, the college says it will be mandating vaccines for everyone on campus. That includes staff, students, faculty, and contractors. Anyone who is unable to get the vaccine will be subject to frequent COVID testing if they want to be on campus. Despite the fact that Western and several other post-secondary institutions laid out their policies weeks ago, Fanshawe is waiting on further directives from the province before announcing its official policy. But one way or another, the college is advising everyone to get vaccinated as soon as possible if they haven't already. And a new campaign is helping educate students on sexual violence on city buses. If you happen to be on campus this fall, you might notice some new posters up in bus shelters. Fanshawe's sexual violence prevention advisor, Leah Marshall, has been developing the campaign as part of the UN Safe Cities Initiative. The posters, along with your bus pass, feature information on what to do if you witness or experience sexual violence on a city bus. For example, did you know that if you're feeling unsafe on the bus for whatever reason, you can ask your driver to let you off between stops? It's called a courtesy stop, and it's one of many helpful tips the campaign is pushing to help students feel safe on campus and beyond. Additionally, you'll find Marshall's contact information. She is an excellent resource for survivors of sexual violence. She helps students with everything from legal advice to mental health resources and so much more. Now, I'd be remiss not to mention the upcoming federal election. On September 20th, Canadians will hit the polls two years early after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called a snap election last month. Trudeau's Liberals have been operating under a minority situation in Parliament these last two years. Fanshawe professor and political commentator Matt Farrell says the election is the Liberals' way of hopefully achieving a majority rule in order to implement COVID and post-COVID policies. But polls show Trudeau is still facing something of an uphill battle with support for the Conservatives led by Aaron O'Toole and the NDP led by Jagmeet Singh steadily growing. Now, students are able to vote in London, even if they are outside their official home riding. However, Elections Canada has chosen not to offer voting on campus this year. The organization says that it is working with student organizations to help re-implement the program for future elections. Now, let's meet our guest for this week. It's our orientation week, so of course I had to welcome the current president of the Fanshawe Student Union, Ricardo Souza, to give you all the rundown on what this year holds for students and how he's feeling about getting back to school. President Ricardo Souza, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Hannah, for having me today. Thank you so much for being here. School is just about to kick off. We are like one long weekend away from finally getting students back sort of on campus um but let's start here and this might be tough but i want you to try to describe your plans for this upcoming school year in just one word yeah this is tough actually (laughs) but i would pick the word hope 
hope would be a great word because uh, we are still living some uncertainties, but at the same time, I can see hope in the near future. So that's the feeling I'm attaching to, <laughs> attached to. I think hope is a great word to describe the upcoming school year. And I know for like, for some students, last year was their first introduction to Fanshawe. For others, it was like they were just finishing up an unexpected challenge. And now they're coming back to a new school year. So how are you working this year to make sure that students gain back maybe some of the experiences that they may have missed out on last year due to COVID? So students coming back shows a good sign in my perception of like a sign of normalcy, if I could say that. And it's for sure a good feeling to all of us. However, we need to still be consistent in our plans, uh, understanding that student safety is our top priority, right? Uh, and we must follow the safety requirements. So considering that we are bringing back in-person activities gradually and in a kind of different way, also, we planned all uh, our initiatives considering different scenarios, and we're going to promote our events and programs in a hybrid format. So in that scenario, both online and blended students uh, can participate and have similar experience. And I say similar because it's not like 100% the same, right? If you are uh, in an online format, but we are trying our best to make sure you are take advantage of our, all our events and initiatives at the FSU. What's your biggest hope for this year? If we're going with the word hope, what are, what's your biggest hope? My big hope is hug people again. Yeah. <laughs> as a Brazilian, uh, as a Brazilian person, I'm yeah. such a hugger and I miss that contact with people. Like yes. saying hello and be close uh, to others and feel that energy, you know? Like this energy is kind of a boost in our days and I'm missing that so much and probably many students are as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I There's a weird, you've been around campus this summer too. Like when there aren't students there, it really does feel like there is a, a certain energy that's lacking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been like, I've been coming to, to campus like kind of once a week. And it's such a weird feeling, like all the hallways empty, uh, gloomy environment. So it's not like that <laughs> I want to see like our college. So I'm craving for this new moment and to having students back. And when you were campaigning, like COVID was already starting to happen, right? Like, did you, was there a reason why the role of president was like attractive to you amid the pandemic at all? Not exactly uh, because of the pandemic, but I was the past communications and student advocacy coordinator. Right. So I was very involved and engaged in all the initiatives. And after I discovered this whole FSU world, I fell in love. So I, I, I must pursue this dream. I didn't know if I would win, but I, I, I had to take a shot. I think we're all glad that you did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, okay, I have to talk to you about TikTok because 
I know that FSU has gotten <laughs> super into TikTok this summer. I've been like trying my hand at the Interabang with reels on Instagram, just like see what we could do there. But like, why, why did you want to explore TikTok? And like, has it helped you reach more young people at Fanshawe and like in the community at all? Yes, exactly. And I have to say, Hannah, I am not a TikToker and I am not. <laughs> the, Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel young anymore. I am not like this TikTok generation, but you were 100% correct. Indeed, we've just started uh, to explore TikTok, but we are very active basically in all social media platforms. But since the pandemic hit, our main way to connect uh, with the students was through like digital mediums in general, right? So why not start talking to this new generation of students in their own language? Uh, that's, that's why uh, TikTok was a motivation, motivation to us because we want to connect and pass the information in a different way, in a funnier way. There we have more freedom to have some dance moves and some <laughs> funny stuff. But in the background, we always are like, we are always talking about our services and how we can, in a certain way, increase the students' experience here at, at the college. Have you learned anything about TikTok, like through just getting more practice with it? Yeah, I've learned there that is a black hole. <laughs> now that I'm start kind of learning about the app, I'm spending so much time there, like 30 minutes just seeing random videos and people. People mm -hmm. get weird there. <laughs> it is. It, it's a, I, I know what you mean about it being a black hole because you really can, you start scrolling and then like you just don't stop. Yeah, it never ends. And <laughs> when you realize you just spend one hour like watching videos that you don't remember anymore. Right? But, like, yeah, it's a totally new way of communication, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like when Snapchat became a thing too. And it kind of got mm -hmm. adopted by the younger generation as well. Like this really like immediate source of information and then the next second it's just gone but in in some ways especially if you're trying to reach younger people they might not like consciously be remembering them or like consciously be aware that they're taking in information but they really are like at every moment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly but the funny part is you don't remember the videos no. right <laughs> i don't know maybe it's my age <laughs> I forget. I forget a lot of them too. Cause I scroll for so long sometimes. And I just, I just, sometimes I just wish I hadn't, <laughs> but that's like me with Twitter too. Like I'll spend hours on Twitter and then be like, why did I just do that again? <laughs> yes. It's angry now. No, luckily TikTok isn't as anger inducing. That's the one thing. It feels like escapism. Yeah. Yeah. There are some funny contents there. Yeah. And I think if you like, if you are trying to pass a message is a good way to connect with people. Yeah. Right. You know. And creatively too, right? Some chances yeah. to be creative. And some yeah, of your yeah. guys have been very creative, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. The executive <laughs> team. <laughs> What's your favorite one that either now. you've been a part of or that the other execs have worked on? Are there any that really stand out to you? Oh, I love them all, but the <laughs> one that is kind of my favorite and express my feelings is the one I am alone here. 
at the college. That one I love so much. And the, yeah, and the soundtrack is all by myself. So <laughs> in black and white, all sentimental because yes. it's kind of expressing the exact same feeling that I'm having here. Yeah, it, 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 I, I saw that too and I was like, this is so relatable for anyone who's had to be on campus this summer. It's so lonely. I know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so... Let's talk a little bit about what's on in Interabang this week. So our orientation just went out last Friday. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, everyone, please go check it out. It's on shelves everywhere at Fanshawe and at Western. You can find it on our website as well. One of the things that you and I had spoken about, and there's a full story on this in our orientation issue, um, but we chatted about um, the Ford government once again going to the Court of Appeals, trying to get them to overturn their decision to quash the student choice initiative. Now, were you familiar with this initiative prior to like our discussion about it? Yes, yes. It has been discussed here for a while. Mm-hmm. I know in 2017 was kind of when this project went on. But now, yeah, we had some discussions about it. So can you maybe just explain what this initiative is for people out there who might not know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, They call it Student Choice Initiative. And basically it's like they are promoting this initiative in a way that looks like they shouldn't will have the option to opt out from their student unions. But the way they are trying to sell the initiative looks uh, super positive because like students will have their freedom to pick the services they want and blah, blah, blah. And for sure, this is part of a freedom, but they are not kind of informing uh, some undercover, if I may say undercover purposes of this Mm -hmm. initiative and this program. Because really by giving students the option to opt out of paying into these programs, it effectively takes money away from services that I think you and I would probably consider essential, um, you know, student unions and student newspapers, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. And those services are so important, Hannah. And many students, they don't know about the services until they get here in college and they start experiencing. They Usually when, like, I hear a lot of uh, students saying they thought, quote, unquote, unquote, uh, they thought all the services they have here were included in their tuition. Mm. Like, as a, just a huge package, mm-hmm. not relating those services to the uh, student unions they have. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. they are not aware that many of those services were like organized by the student union and not organized, but also maintained right. by the student union. Yeah, well, you know, I've been, I've been talking to like people like Leah Marshall and like advocates on, you know, within the campus community that do so much important work through the FSU. Like, you know, she specifically is so focused on sexual violence prevention the thought of something like that, even possibly losing funding, seems like incredibly detrimental to students, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as you may know, unions, uh, they exist for a purpose, right? That is advocate on behalf of students and fight for fighting an organized way. 
I think that would uh, translate better, like finding an organized way for better conditions and more support from the college. Mm -hmm. uh, not only the college, but also government and the community itself. So if we do not have those institutions, probably students will lose their power and they will not have like enough voice to keep their rights on track. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I, I think about it too, obviously, like being involved with the, with the campus newspaper, I, I wrote for Interrobang when I was a student as well. There are not a lot of outlets for young people to voice their concerns, their ideas, to write about things that they're interested in. So to, to lose that, I think on, even on my side would be such a huge loss for students to just express themselves, right? This is like not something they often get the chance to do. Yeah, yeah. And usually this is part of the services we offer as mm -hmm. union, right? We connect the students and put them together. We kind of start creating this environment where you can have uh, critical thinking and you can exercise this kind of different point of view, different points of views, uh, discussing with other students and like have mm -hmm. a health, having a healthy environment, right? For sure. Well, and so it's it's pretty clear where we stand on this. Obviously, we are directly in, uh, you know, involved with this. But yeah. I'm wondering if we can like put ourselves in the brain of Doug Ford, um, which seems like a great place to be. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> like may, maybe just like ask why why do you think the Ford government would want to pass something like the Student Choice Initiative? Which, by the way, we should mention that like the reason we're talking about this is because the Court of Appeals once again said we're quashing it. So mm -hmm. it still hasn't gone through, but like, why Why do they keep pushing it? Uh, probably this will have a financial impact for sure. Uh, by removing the financial support from students and kind of jeopardizing the unions, uh, they're like students will not have enough power to organize provincially as mm -hmm. we do yet as we do nowadays. So for example, if we have an issue, many times we just go and we gather together and all the unions go fight for rights and funding and stuff that students need and more programs and investing and all that stuff. And if we don't have unions anymore, probably students by themselves will not, by themselves, will not just go there, talk mm -hmm. to, the, to our government and this will, loosen in a certain way their mm -hmm. commitment with the students and universities in the mid and long term. This is my personal point of view, but mm -hmm. as I said before, I've been like immersed in this reality so we can right. see clearly all this undercover purpose of a project. Like yeah, this. I think honestly that, I feel like that's a pretty good reading of it that like effectively limiting students' ability to speak their minds, which for some governments could be beneficial for them, maybe not for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And all class, when organized, they could be dangerous, right? They can be potentially dangerous for the government, not in a bad way, but like they will, they will uh, fight for their rights. And if the government in a certain way can spread and disperse, students, uh, those voices will be weakened, right? 
Well, let's be glad that this once again has not gone through um, because I think the work that we both do is very important. So, hey, we wouldn't even be here recording this podcast if uh, we didn't have that opportunity to do so. So for now, thank goodness. (laughs) And you wouldn't be writing down amazing articles at Inter-Obey. You wouldn't be making great TikToks. Um, but for those of us who have been here, you know, it's been pretty tumultuous. I think that's fair to say, you know, um, the summer kicked off with a tragic attack that left a Muslim family dead. Thousands of unmarked graves were being discovered of indigenous children at the sites of former residential schools. And, you know, we're still kind of coming off the tail end of what I've seen described as something of a racial awakening last summer, right. With the, uh, real rise of Black Lives Matter into the mainstream. Um, And I'm also not going to discount the climate crisis, because I think that kind of plays a role in our collective anxiety right now, you know. So as someone who has like stepped into this leadership position at a time that feels very complicated, how are you like using those experiences to inform your leadership as it pertains to things like religious freedom, racism, and climate oppression, um, you know, to push for equality on campus for our students that they can take out into the community as well. Mm-hmm. This answer will be long. <laughs> That's okay. It should be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a black and white situation, right? Mm-hmm. We have many nuances, but I have to say all these horrible episodes that arose during the the last year are tragic for sure. And we as a society need to be vocal about that. Like uh, we are in 2021 and this kind of violent acts and hate speeches are unacceptable. So these are social, political and historical problems that we find in our society. And I believe Hannah that If we want to grow as human beings, we must face uh, these shameful episodes, try to learn from them, and make our contribution in our own way. Uh, Hate and prejudice must not be tolerated in any circumstances. And since I have my background in linguistics, (laughs) I have to say, like, it is paradoxical, but when we tolerate intolerant people, we put the tolerance itself at a risk, Mm -hmm. right? So we have to be vocal, educate people, and be part of the solution in a certain way. This is what I believe. Uh, and moving on, like for my work, to my work here specifically. Uh, with that said, uh, I, I at the FSU, we take these cases very seriously, to be honest. And we have students from from more than thirty countries. Students here, we have different races sexual orientation and identity, religions, creed, lifestyle, languages, culture, so on and so forth. I could be here like all day long. And this diversity is powerful. We believe that. And that's why one of our pillars for this this academic year is diversity. Mm -hmm. And we are promoting countless initiatives to educate students, create awareness, and spread the word about the tools we have here to help them and to work towards a more diverse uh, and inclusive environment, I personally believe we must focus in three main aspects within the college. That is, they are management, uh, communication, and leadership. 
management because we need to have policies and procedures for sure that assure equal rights and affirmative um, and an affirmative environment to everyone. Second is leadership because colleges leaders can influence people for sure. And they also can be used as role models. That's why, uh, that's the reason why I, I try to bring this subject, subject to the table whenever is possible. And last but not least, communication. As I said before, we have to communicate, spread the word and educate people to create awareness. So yeah, just to sum up, I'm trying to conduct my work this year considering these aspects. And also I'm working uh, in collaboration with key areas within the college. Like you mentioned before, sexual violence prevention, prevention department, uh, Office of Equity and Diversity and Inclusion that we have here, International Center, Indigenous Center. Uh, this just to make sure that we are consistent and of course, including the biggest range possible of our infinity diversity context, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love the idea of like fostering like a, a, a diverse community within the college because I, you know, I've been a student at Western, I've been a student at Fanshawe and I went to an arts high school in Toronto. So I've been around diverse groups. And what I always found was that within those spaces, it can feel very inclusive and it can feel like you're fostering a healthy community, but it's what you do and what you take away after and bring into the community that is really reflective of like what you learned there, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And you mentioned that and just came to my mind during the Pride Month, we were recording some testimonial videos and two of the, not two, I think five of them, they like they came out at the college with their friends here and they felt embraced and they felt like here was a place they were like they were belong. Mm. So it was amazing to hear that stories from them because like this is a positive sign that we are a very inclusive space and people feel good yeah. by being themselves here. They feel safe and that's that that is super important. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, was that part of that um, that series y'all were doing during Pride Month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have one video with seven testimonials and individual videos as well. Oh, amazing! So if you didn't see, <laughs> check there. <laughs> yes, I know. I feel like I have to remind everyone. Like we've been making stuff all summer. Like please go check it out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all of you are overwhelmed with yeah. all this. <laughs> There's so much There's to take in. Digital world. Yeah, I know. Many assignments. <laughs> you were on your test week, but go there just to check it out and yeah. kind of relieve the stress because, right. yeah, there are nice content there. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, that's that's the cool position that we have, right, is to say, you know, we can do our own kind of advocacy through through creating content, through telling stories, through just like effective leadership that leaves a lasting impact, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the power of communication. Yes, <laughs> here's to more of that this year. This all, I feel like this all falls into hope too, which is <laughs> yeah. uh, just to circle back. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, on a on a lighter note, I suppose, let, what are you just most looking forward to this year? Probably I'm going to sound cliche, right? But I'm beyond <laughs> excited to have a student back, mm -hmm. students back on campus. 
because this changes everything as I said before, like the interaction is different and people's energy mm-hmm. gives me, and not only me, but like gives me, give it to me and to my team, like a boost to yes. keep working hard to make a student's experience better and memorable. I hear you. Absolutely. And then you can get your hug too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my hug will take a while. <laughs> but to warm I'm up to wait for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to wait for it. <laughs> Uh, Ricardo, is there anything else, anything you want to plug, uh, anything upcoming that students should know about? Yeah. Like first and foremost, I'd like to thank you, Hannah, for the invitation. It was amazing to be here. Uh, but also I would like to encourage students to involve more in, uh, student leadership roles within the college. I don't know if you have this information, but during elections, for example, we Mm -hmm. had just 20% 20% of our students involved in voting. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this number is quite low. The students, uh, they have to realize they, their power mm. and like the power they have in their hands as a community, right? And if you are not part of the initiatives and not like you are not getting involved, you are losing the opportunity to make the college a better place for yourself and to others, right? Uh, I used to say great uh, student leaders in the past paved the way for us to get here. And now it's our time to leave our marks in some way, right? So this is just like an invitation to our students. So get involved with the class reps program, run for elections, vote and be active. So probably you're gonna have the best time of your life during college <laughs> and you'll be prepared to face the world after that. <laughs> yes, everyone, please vote. We need the votes always. Yeah. So next year in that case, because yes. now I, I am elected already. So. But yes, yeah, you don't like need to vote director. for Ricardo. You already get him, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but for directors and yeah. like be more involved, right? We have yeah. the classrooms program that it's amazing as well. So. Read more about class reps in the orientation issue, everybody. We have a full article about the importance of class reps. It's a great opportunity. <laughs> ah, see, now I'm plugging stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, Ricardo, thank you so much once again for being here. It is always such a pleasure to chat with you. And you are welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. It was wonderful to see you again. And you can call me. I'll be here. (laughs) How many times you call me? I'll be here. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interabang podcast. If you've made it this far, you're probably a fan of the Interabang podcast, and maybe you have some ideas on how it could be better. Well, you're in luck because the Interabang is currently hiring all positions from reporters to videographers, columnists, illustrators, and of course, podcasters. You can apply right now at fsu.ca slash jobs and make sure you go through the bursaries department to apply for a part-time work study. Listen, if you're a student and you're out there thinking right now, I don't know if I can manage a part-time job while I'm in school, I can safely tell you as someone who worked at the Interabang for two years while I was completing my diploma, it is so flexible. You get the opportunity to practice so many skills and learn so much and you get to work with me. My name is Hannah and I'm the editor of the Interabang. If you have any questions at 
all. You can reach out to me at h underscore Theodore at fanshawc.ca. I am always here for you. I want to support students in this role and I really want to hear what you have to say. As always, you can catch up with every episode of the Interrobang podcast on Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe.